0: Good afternoon, or good morning, or good evening. It does, Whenever it is. I'm, I'm covering all bases yeah, by sure. saying that. You know, sure. Whatever time of day you're listening to this, hello, welcome. Today, we wanted to kind of give a brief update on our panel event before we get into this week's episode. Those of you who don't know, haven't seen it, it's October 24th. Mm-hmm. We'll be doing our fourth annual event. I think it's our fifth annual. Fifth event. annual, yeah. We did in that first year. Every year has been a little yeah. bit different, so we're trying to like say like this is our fifth like big event, but it's our it's fifth our se- fundraising fifth event. Fifth fundraising annual fundraising event. Yes. And second panel discussion live podcast yes that was a lot lot of information so this year we're going to be focusing on literacy so take a look at our facebook our instagram account for more information we're going to have a lot more information about the sponsors the type people who are going to be on the panel and a lot more fun things to come about the event
1: tickets are available at our website It's a little different than before, even if you have the old website, it'll still take you to the new website, but it is inclusiveeducationproject.org. So a little different than the iepcalifornia.org, it'll still get you there. And (laughs) tickets are on sale. Right now, Early Bird is... (laughs) We should have that. I wanna say that it was 25. Early bird birds. is until October, I and believe. It, yeah, and it's till October. Um, and then I think at the door, it's going to be a little bit more than that. But last year, we had a really good turnout. We wanted to keep up with the panel discussion. As you know, you know, we have this podcast so that we're able to start the conversation. And that's different conversations. And what's really great about the panels is we get, just similar to the guests that we have, experts in their own fields. And it was, it was a good event. We had good food last year. drinks and it was a nice night out for many
0: and I can keep talking. Okay. (laughs) No, I pulled it up because I want to be accurate. Yeah. Yeah, So you're right. So presale is $25. General admission at the door would be 40, but I'm sure you're all wondering, what do we get with it? Well, Not only is it at the beautiful Huntington Beach Bay Club, so you'll have a great little, nice little location for a Thursday evening, little like happy hour networking. We have heavy appetizers, and I believe everyone gets one drink. We're gonna have a lot of raffle prizes available. You'll hear a great panel of experts discussion on literacy, and you'll get a chance to do some networking we're going to have a dessert like bar table with a coffee cart all that's included in the ticket price and then we're going to hopefully have some like hands-on learning paired up with it. So that's kind of coming and we'll get more information to you as we're setting that up. We're really excited. I think it's going to be a great way for us to kind of start off the new school year, talk about this important topic. And, you know, if you're a professional in the field and you want to get to know more people in the area, if you are a parent and you're interested in learning more about not just literacy, but meeting some people in the area, if you're in Orange County, if you're not in Orange County, we're sorry, but it will be recorded live like we did last year. So you'll be able to listen to that live and We are, I think you may have seen it on our social media, but we are looking for possible other locations to have a podcast recordings. So if you want us to come to, if you have an organization, a school, you want us to come to you, let us know.
1: Yes, exactly. (laughs) I feel like we always say we're excited about everything. People are just like, why are they so excited all the time? But it helps take away... Some of the stuff that we see with the beginning of the school year, we see a lot of needs still. Um, and so, part of our mission with Air Nonprofit is to kind of change our worlds, right? The world that we live in and society's perception of things. And so, that's why today's podcast guest. It's going to be really great, especially for a lot of the moms that we listen, or that listen out there. When I heard Nick speak at a presentation a couple months ago, as a new mom, you know, you're just always thinking about what you're doing, and yes, you have a partner sometimes, and I'm thankful enough to have an excellent partner. You get caught up in yourself, and you don't really understand the impact of dads, and Nick, that's what you're here to talk about today, and I think this is an important audience. Say hi to everyone.
2: Well, hello everybody.
1: <laughs> so Nick, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and where you work and the organization you're working with.
2: Sure, thanks. So I work for a program called Dads Matter and we are one program of Children's Bureau, which is based in LA, but has a significant amount of prevention work out of Orange County. And we started about four years ago and we got luckily some federal funding to provide services for dads. and. We refer to ourselves as being a little bit of a unicorn because of how rare it is to actually get funding of this size to work with dads. And so I had the opportunity to help write that grant. And so I have had a chance to be working with this program from the beginning as we figured out the piece that almost nobody else has been <laughs> able to work out, which right, is how yeah. to actually get dads. To come in for services and we had to answer some really important questions. We knew that from research, father involvement or the dads are as important to the lives of and the outcomes of their children as moms are, but we still had to figure out the question of so then why aren't dads, why is father involvement a problem across the country? So we've come up with some answers, and uh, (laughs) we've come up with some ways to get dads to come into services so that we can actually help and change some of that. And So we serve about 300 families a year.
0: Wow. That's a a lot of families. Yeah. And mostly all Southern California
2: actually all Orange County oh wow wow that's great and to be honest it's mostly we would love to be more places in Orange County but most of our services do happen in Anaheim and Santa Ana and we've branched out to northern cities and southern cities in Orange County but uh, we are primarily right here
0: where did you guys start this program
2: So we got funding in 2015, and we opened for services in 2016. And we started small out of just one family resource center in Anaheim. And now, a couple of years ago, we did this thing we called going mobile, which Mm -hmm. meant that we could take the program including food, childcare, facilitators out to any other organizations, if they happen to have a group of fathers that they want mm-hmm. to receive services, we'll go to them.
0: That's incredible. In such a short amount of time, you've grown so much. So imagine, I'm sure you'll be all over the state in no time.
2: Well, you know, <laughs> if the funding is there, we could do it. But right now, yeah, we can manage about 300. We serve about 300. Yeah. and so
1: Incredible. Yeah, and hopefully you're reaching way more people with being on our podcast. I think one of the things that you had pointed out during the presentation as well was that kind of societal impression, right? And the cultural aspect that dads are like the breadwinners. So it's that very 1950s mentality. You know, he's coming home from work and, you know, mom's been at home all day. And obviously with the 70s and women's liberation, if you will, and them beginning to work outside of the home, you know, I'm sure those rules kind of change and even now I remember reading and still continue to read all the stuff on the bump and articles about how it's not so gender rule, right? It's you know, some dads are staying at home. My baby girl is daycare is like on a little break and my husband's with her, like, you know, and 30 years ago, like our dads, it was like, what? Like they didn't even change a diaper or whatnot. So I'm sure that that's something that you guys are trying to overcome is that mentality that, well, dads are the breadwinners.
2: Yeah. So there's the gender roles and then there's also the assumptions about the gender roles of what's happening. Mm -hmm. So the problems with father involvement happen when people maybe assume that, or they take some of the outcomes that are happening and they start assuming that it's things like men aren't biologically as capable of being parents Mm. or taking care of children as moms are. Or a lot of times there's the stereotype that dads don't want to be involved in the hands-on parenting. Mm -hmm. And what we found is that both of those are very, very false. What it is, is oftentimes it's more related to economics. So... Some of those stereotypes, unfortunately, they're more pervasive with minorities, Mm. about specific minorities. The ones that get repeated most often are about black and Latino fathers. Mm. And if you actually look at the statistics about father involvement, what it really comes down to is, like I said, economics. It's much more about whether a family has resources. And those gender roles that you're talking about, they are much more rigid when a family doesn't have the resources available to make changes. So if you, so I'm going to use the situation of many of our clients where dad does some kind of physical labor, construction, (laughs) painting, landscaping, and mom has the opportunity to work, but it would be at minimum wage, whereas the construction jobs are much more lucrative. Mm -hmm. So especially here in Orange County, if you have more than one kid. Right. It makes more sense to stay at home mm-hmm. and be a stay-at-home parent than it is to have a minimum wage job because childcare is so prohibitively mm-hmm. expensive. So, you know, dad work ends up working long hours, physical job, and mom ends up being the one that takes care of the kids. So that's just an example how it's really much more about economics than it is about some of the stereotypes about dads wanting to be involved. What we find much more often is that dads really do want to be involved Oftentimes, they don't have any example of how to do it, Mm -hmm. Um, and unfortunately, sometimes they are also criticized when, uh, from either peers or family, and I use myself as an example all the time, even as a very privileged person, I've experienced all those things of Mm -hmm. being, you know, maybe criticized or feeling strange for wanting to be a whole parent. Oh,
0: you you grow up and... A young man grows up seeing their dad working and not changing diapers and not cooking and cleaning. So that's, I mean, I know many people our age that that's what they grew up with and that's what their parents grew up with. And that's, you know, and so it it becomes this trend of they never see it. So it never becomes, oh, I, you know, versus girls see their mom doing all those things. And then a lot of times they play with dolls. And even though it's very stereotypical, it is, it's, you know, you, oh, I did that. Like, I mean, my little brother was born when I was five and I was changing diapers at that age, you know, I mean, I think it's what we see and if we have this repetition, so it's about breaking that pattern, right? Because we need, kids need to see their parents doing both things in order for them to, I think, visualize it themselves maybe.
2: Right. And unfortunately, uh, father absence is cyclical. So imagine if, so right now across the country, if you look at non-resident fathers, it's about 25% of kids. That's a huge amount. Right Here in Orange County, it's about 22, but in areas of low income, it's just as high as the rest of the country. And if you look at that number, then that's 25% of the young men in the country never or very rarely get to see what an involved father looks like. Right. So, like again, use myself as an example. I grew up with a single mom. Mm-hmm. And so when I became a parent, it meant that I wanted to be the whole parent. But that's because my model was my mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that can go both ways. It can also go into some people take up those gender roles that they see from the media and the commonly repeated things of what a father is. So it just depends on what the other influences can be.
1: And one of the things that I thought was just, it's kind of like a dumb moment, was when you were like, a lot of the times we hold our meetings or informational kind of things at night. Right. And a lot of times we're going to different events where, you know, it's a parent event and it's like we're doing a presentation. It's like 10 in the morning. Right. So it caters to possibly that stay at home parent. That's a mother. Right. Because the dads. And so I thought if you wanted to talk, was that something that you guys kind of knew right at the beginning? Or was it a kind of trial error that you were just like, why is nobody coming at 10 a.m.? And then you were like, wait, they're working. We need to do something. We need to provide dinner. We need to provide. Was that just kind of. Intuitive, or you guys kind of work to get there.
2: Well, we're lucky to have been able to stand on the shoulder of giants when it comes to that. So there has been funding federally for fatherhood programming Mm -hmm. for about 15 years.
1: Like I wouldn't even like one 15 years is too little, but like. Knowing, like, we, what? Right, (laughs) right.
2: The only thing is that's the only one. That's That's the only primary source of funding for fathered services. But it's been around for 15 years, so we were able to look at different models. And Mm -hmm. so we did have it right off the bat that, okay, most of these dads are working. It may be underemployed, and they may not be making enough to actually support their family, but they are working. They have jobs during the day, so we do uh, provide services at night. And yes, a lot of the things, what we found is when people offer services that are for parents that are gender neutral, mm-hmm. gender neutral means it's for moms when it comes to parenting <laughs> because dads can't attend or there hasn't been significant outreach trying to get dads to right. attend. Mm-hmm. So PTA is open to both parents. Right At my kid's school, it's all moms. They frequently talk about, oh, room parents, but then they also switch up and forget and say room moms, moms because right. that's, whoever, that's right. who's available. Sure. Yeah,
0: well, even with IEP meetings, we find any meetings at the school, then we have probably 90% of schools insist on having their IEP meetings during a school day because they don't want to pay their teachers and everyone to stay after but you know if you have one parent that's a stay-at-home parent because a lot of times you know our kiddos that have IEPs have a lot of different services that you know one parent has to juggle it all and the other parent is working and they can't take off although I did just see an article but we're going to have to put this in the show notes. But the U.S. Department of Labor actually just came down, I think, yesterday and said that parents should have the legal right to um, take time off of work to attend IEP meetings. So we'll post that in the show notes. I actually just saw that. I think we're going to be posting it because I think I sent it. I think it's going to be posted. But obviously the question I have for that is, well, are they going to be required to take off time and not get paid for that time? Is that or whatnot? But I think that that's something that I think is often a problem is that the one parent, which often is the dad, doesn't come to the IEP meetings because it's in the middle of school day and they'd have to take off time off work. And if it's, you know, a 12 to 3 meeting and maybe they work in LA and their kid goes to school in Garden Grove, I mean, that's just not convenient. So we do see that a lot. And, you know, I don't think schools are taking that into consideration. They may say, oh, well, you know, it would be great if we had both parents on the same page. But it's like, you're not accommodating both parents.
2: Right. And, you know, when you think about the other unfortunate realities, which is the difference in pay between men and women, mm-hmm. I'll use myself as an example. My wife makes quite a bit more than I do, thankfully. That gives me the ability to work in a nonprofit. Right. But when, you know, three hours of my time is not worth three hours of her time, mm-hmm. hers is worth a lot more. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whoever is making the most money, that makes sense for that person to stay working and the right. other person to use their exactly. time, whether it's unpaid mm-hmm. or whether it's vacation time. Etc. so oh the other issue is and this is just a dynamic between perhaps men and women maybe it's a dynamic between spouses and partners is that getting information to one partner through the other partner is not super effective <laughs> right, right. And now i don't want to say it's specific to men and women yeah. <laughs> uh, but in our program trying to get information about the importance of father involvement If it has to go through the medium of mom first, it loses something. It it ends up, dads end up feeling like it's more of an attack or a criticism. Mm -hmm. They're being told
0: what to do, how to be a parent.
2: Exactly. And so going through one parent, trying to get that information to the second parent through the parent that's in front of you is, I would imagine, not highly effective.
1: Well, and yeah, it's completely different. You know, the bump app is is what I have that I get all these articles and, you know, every now and again, and it'll be like six things that you need to let your partner do. And obviously they're assuming your partner is a male and Mm -hmm. it's the female that's written. it's like, don't nag it. Like, it was just like, you know, general kind of advice. And, but I thought your presentation was more effective in kind of breaking down you know, the importance of the father's role. I think you had kind of like the meme, if you will, but it was a series of pictures where the dad is throwing his kid up into the air and it's just like, what mom sees and the kids like two stories yeah. up you know what the kid sees and the kids even higher up you know and then it's like what is actually having the kid is like literally like right. an inch away from the dad's <laughs> hands but the role of the dad is to kind of be that plateful kind of you know kind of shake it off you know whereas the mother is always like oh my gosh are you okay you know and this is just obviously a stereotype from my own personal experience because that's literally how it is <laughs> right. it's like you know Blair's crawling now and so then I'm like oh my god watch the tile, and where he's like she's fine like you right. know and it's just like it's just different and and I think you know obviously starts from when we're really young like Amanda had pointed out you know little girls play house and it's very you're gonna be the doctor and I'm gonna be the mommy and I bring my sick baby and it's just very kind of collaborative whereas little boys grow up playing sports so they're very competitive with each other and things like that and I think it's really important for dads to have an Eric because the mommy shaming out there is, like, so crazy. But I just don't feel like that would be happening with dads in the sense of, like, other dads are, I mean, maybe they're trying to puff out their chest. I don't know. What it's kind of the, trends do you see?
2: It's the opposite. Yeah. So a lot of times on social media, what will come across is a dad being congratulated. Yes. For normal parenting, mm-hmm. and like, you're such a great dad. And I've experienced yeah. this myself. And while I also say yes, you're right. But, um,
0: <laughs> but when it's
2: for something just like dropping my kids off at school or just being with them at a Or playground, going
0: to the s- performance at school. Right. Mm, it's like, yeah. what
2: was your expectation of me?
0: R- right. right. And
2: that yeah. it was that I would not, not be involved. Right. And yeah. it's those little microscopic pushes mm-hmm. that tell people what their role is or when their role is mm-hmm. not when they're acting outside of their role yeah. and makes them feel uncomfortable or different or weird about it. And and Vicki, what you were talking about is that uh, father care mm-hmm. is different mm-hmm. than mother care. Yes. Mm-hmm. And from one perspective, looking at the other, the other is bad, right? <laughs> so if you ask a dad <laughs> yeah. and you say, and mom is being really close to the baby who's crawling, mm-hmm. they're gonna say, that kid's never gonna learn how to walk like that. Yeah, yeah. And you ask mom, dad's standing three feet away, you know, kind of keeping just one eye on the kid. Mm -hmm. Well, child's not safe. Right. You know, she's going to get hurt. (laughs) Yeah. And so from both perspectives, the other person is wrong, but truly what it needs is both. Mm -hmm. You know, what research shows about father care versus mother care is that traditionally, and we're talking about just... Not necessarily stereotypes, but just you know, getting averaged out right. because we're talking about research studies mm-hmm. here. Not everybody fits into this role, right. but moms are more likely to keep kids safe and dads are more likely to teach kids to keep themselves safe. Mm-hmm. And I like to ask people, which one of those is more important?
1: Right.
2: You can't answer it. Both are important, yeah. right. so you need both. And that's why you know in our program, we feel it's important to value the contributions of fathers mm-hmm. as equal to the contributions of mothers because otherwise, you know, some of the things that we're seeing in society, I see as having, as being a result of a lack of father involvement. Mm-hmm. So one thing that happens when dads are highly involved is kids are like, less likely to bully and be bullied, mm-hmm. which I think is incredibly relevant. When you think of all the articles that are coming out about helicopter parenting, mm-hmm. well, traditional father care is the opposite of, of right. helicopter mm-hmm. parenting. So maybe we need, you know, to value that.
0: You need a balance.
2: Exactly, exactly. And so that's where father involvement comes in, and and that's why we're trying to increase it as much as possible. And one other thing I just wanted to say real quick is that when you're talking about those meetings, Mm -hmm. maybe there aren't resources to have them at night, and maybe you can't like not hold a meeting unless dad is there, which would be, you know, like forcing father involvement or father engagement in the service. I understand that that's not always possible, but engaging fathers is possible. It's just a little bit more difficult. Mm -hmm. So you can Mm -hmm. still always make special steps to get dad engaged in that service. And I think if that happens, dads are much less likely to reject the advice of professionals, which I imagine you guys deal with, Mm-hmm. Uh, frequently,
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's so important because just like you were saying, having the game of telephone between the spouses or between the parents. And that's what happens at IEP meetings. And so because sometimes these dads have more hands off approach, they do see, oh, you're doing all of these things for this child. They see that almost as like being a helicopter parent, but it's like, because they're not at the meetings, they're not talking to all the professionals, they're not going once a week to the speech therapy and, you know, talking with the speech therapist. And so a lot, and I'm sure a lot gets lost in translation. There's, I mean, there's a lot of mothers out there that are very prepared. They're very, they document everything and they do everything that they think that they need to do to make sure that their kid is getting everything they need to get. But it can seem overwhelming, especially if that takes over a lot of their day and their life and their priorities and the other parent is not seeing it, especially if the child is making progress. You know, we do get a lot of families that the dad doesn't, or one parent doesn't necessarily see the same thing as the other parent or doesn't want to acknowledge that there's issue the same you know there's both ends of the spectrum one you know some parents are want to nitpick every little thing that the kid is doing and wants everything to be fixed and then you got the other ones you know that are really just trying to make sure that you know everything's going smoothly but you know we want both parents to see the kid as the kid first but yeah they do need to get that information. Oh go ahead. Yeah,
2: so just, you know, the first element I'm hearing there is that there's two different perspectives and mm-hmm. one might be trying to get the kid to do more for themselves and that, you know, that may be legitimate. But the other element is that you know, there's those gender roles and and if you adopt a traditional gender role of what uh, masculinity and what fatherhood is supposed to be as a provider as a problem solver then when you don't have the information and you don't have the even have the capacity to get that information Mm -hmm. then you know you might start reacting in ways that are not child first because there's confusion there's a lot of stress again typically men when it comes to being emotive Mm -hmm. (laughs) aren't typically as good at expressing emotions feeling it and then just internalizing it so that can lead to a lot of stress and no place to put it so Our suggestion is always to, you know, try to engage dad in the service first, because one thing that our program wants to do is, yes, we have, uh, we do this parenting intervention called Supporting Father Involvement, and it's designed to increase father involvement, Mm -hmm. just like the name says. But we can't do it alone. We're one program Mm -hmm. out of all of Orange County. And so what we're interested in doing is educating others on how to engage fathers in that service. Mm -hmm. So we draw a distinction between father involvement, that's dad and kid. Father engagement is dad with any sort of service Mm -hmm. that might, you know, help him and his family, Mm -hmm. you know, primarily the children, but, you know, help child through the dad
1: right and I you had opened up with you know how many of you you know are dealing with kids and families like everybody raised their hand. It's like how many of you have dealt with like dads and everybody there's like less than five but like it was, like it was just like yeah typically. it was just oh my gosh and it was just like and even when philip and i we were just like I was like, I can only really think of one client where I'm in contact with the father, like at that point, you know? And yeah. and so since then, you know, we've tried to involve in you now, Amanda, you have a couple of cases with dads that are being involved because we wanted to strive to have that engagement because it's important for us, you know, so to awesome. see those Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> you're awesome and I want to know, you know, for these moms that are listening, they're like, okay, how do I get my the father of my children to go? So what can a dad expect coming to a meeting? So usually they're at night and then mm-hmm. dinner is provided, but do you guys do different activities? Does it just kind of depend? Like, do you have a theme for, of course, typical do you have a theme? <laughs> right. Right? Like, I mean, why don't you tell people a little bit about the actual activity that you have for
2: the dads. Sure, absolutely. So the, we have two different curriculums, they're both evidence-based, so we have to kind of stick to that model. Okay. But the first one is called supporting father involvement. And that talks, it's uh, if you had one side of a spectrum that was pure parenting education skill-based, and you had the other side, which was group therapy. Mm-hmm it would fall right in the center. It okay. borrows elements from both. So it's the point is to increase father involvement, not necessarily to increase parenting skills, yeah. although parenting skills and healthy relationship skills are key to that. One of the, actually the largest indicator or predictor of father involvement is the relationship with the child's mom. Mm -hmm. So knowing how to maintain a positive relationship, you know, using I statements and communicating what you want and what you need and listening, Mm -hmm. those are all vital elements of father involvement. So uh, we talk about three-generational parenting, how you were parented and what influences you had. We talk about the self and dealing with stress and mm-hmm. taking you know self-care um, so mm-hmm. that you can, we call it the airplane rule. I've heard that a lot before. So the airplane rule is you put on your own face mask mm-hmm. before you help yes. somebody else right. take care of yourself so you can take care of others and your mm-hmm. children. And we talk about the couple. So those are the themes of that one. The other curriculum that we use is called Dads for Life. And it's very much more skill-based. It's much oh, okay. more like coaching. Oh, right. And so, okay, what's well, it's the It's like problem?
1: step one and then step two. Absolutely, yeah. there
2: are steps for yeah, sure. Yeah. And it's like, okay, what's a problem that you're having right now, you know, in interacting with, you know, your child or perhaps the, your partner. And let's work on how we could communicate that in a different way. And we do role playing and stuff like that. So very different, but both have their
0: definitely niche. needed. Yeah, definitely both very helpful. I mean, I hear a lot. I've had a lot of friends growing up for guys who say, I just don't know if I'll be a good dad. But you don't, you rarely hear a woman say that, right? Right. I don't know if I'm gonna be a good mom. And like society as a whole tells that woman, even if a woman is like, oh no, you'll get it it'll come to you. Mm -hmm. You've got it in you. Mm -hmm. But we rarely say that to men, right? Right, We don't say, no, you're going to be fine. You're going to figure it out. You know more than you think Mm -hmm. you do. I mean, and I think I see that a lot, even today, even Mm -hmm. in 2019. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Again, all the articles and support, you have
1: the lactation specialists and then, you know, the nurses when they're coming in. And when I had Blair, I had to have an unplanned C-section and one of the nurses had to get me up to start walking and so Maury stayed with Blair and and she was just like you're so lucky and I was like what do you mean She was like he's like up and like changing diapers and I was like oh well you know we had this unplanned c-section you know and she was just like no like that doesn't happen and that was so sad like Mm -hmm. I felt I was obviously proud of course I'm like yes that's my man but like (laughs) this is a nurse that sees so many different families and it was like The engagement just wasn't, and it wasn't because he didn't want to. He just felt like, oh, well, you just had a baby, like you have to do, you know. Even when we were expressing to our parents, we're just like, yeah, and then Morrie's gonna do skin to skin, and it's just, and they're like, what? Like we didn't even do that. Like what are you (laughs) talking? You know, and it it seems so inherent. Men still
2: had to wait outside. Right. Yeah. Right.
1: Which is insanity, right? right? So I was so excited when you agreed to come on the podcast because from what we can tell, obviously mostly moms listen to our program, but I think it's important for us to kind of be aware that programs like yours exist and you know, to change that mentality. And it may be starting here in Orange County, but are there resources online that dads or moms out of the state of California can look at? Do you have any other suggestions for people in other states?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, I think you maybe earlier were starting to ask if there's moms listening and they want to get their partner more involved, what can they do if it's very difficult to have those conversations between the two. And yeah, research is again showing that it's more likely that dads will make changes when it comes from a support group of other men. So. One of the best resources that we've got in the, over the entire United States is the National Responsible Fatherhood Clearinghouse. Oh, okay. And their website is fatherhood.gov. It's a little bit easier oh, yeah. to remember. <laughs> yeah. And there's even a section on parenting children with special needs. So dads can go there to That's look at things. And there's a lot of webinars about the importance of father involvement. But one of the other strategies is just to tell dad how important he is. That's why the name of our program is Dads Matter. You know, it's not a description of our services whatsoever. It's a statement of the change we're trying to make in society. So, and then the other thing is just to listen and to say, okay, so maybe you want something different or maybe you've got a different opinion. Why? What is the benefit to the child? Because we can assume that dad does want the best for his children. Right. We can assume that right. dad loves his children unconditionally. So if he's doing something differently, there must be some reason in his head. Right. So just trying to get him to express it. <laughs> right. And right. then you can actually start having those conversations. Well, this is what I think. Right. And this is what all these <laughs> professionals are saying. Right. <laughs> and what would it take to get some of those reservations dealt with so that you know, we can come to some kind of a mutual agreement?
0: Oh, I'm sure just that conversation can open up a lot of doors, too, because I'm sure on both sides, if you ask, like, both parents, like, why you're doing this or that, I think a lot of people would say, well, that's the way it's done, or that's what you do, or that's what my mom did, or that's what my dad did, that's what I did as a kid. Mm -hmm. So many people pull from their own experiences, and then that's when you start realizing, oh, just because something is done a certain way doesn't mean it has to continue to be that way.
2: Right. Like, you know, if you ask a couple why they're arguing, it's always, well... Because he's wrong, or right. she,
0: or because <laughs> yeah. she's wrong. You yeah.
2: know, everybody yeah. just assumes that they that their way is the right way. But if they're, if you can have that conversation about what the different perspectives yeah. are and what the goals are, then you can start to get to a right. different resolution.
1: Yeah. yeah, we are so grateful for you to be on our little podcast. We think that work that you're doing is so important. And even though we're in this, and we're you know always about the chat, like this was just such an aha moment when we had the presentation that we attended because it was just like, it's like you know that but then you're saying it out loud and then we're like engaging those right. fathers now, which is super important. So we want to thank you for just bettering us. Is there an email or is there a number or website that parents can go to either reach you or kind of access Dads Matter here um, in Orange County?
2: Absolutely. So if you're interested in maybe signing up for some services, our outreach specialist is can be reached by phone at 714-785-3244. You can also reach us on Facebook, At Dads Matter OC. And our website is a little complicated. It's all (laughs) the number four kids.org forward slash dads.
1: Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Nick, for coming on. And we hope you guys
0: enjoyed this episode. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.